I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. There's a new bard in town, and we don't quite mean William Shakespeare suddenly rising up from his grave. Last week, a CNBC report suggested that Google was readying its rival in the high-stakes AI chatbot arms race. It was to be called Apprentice Bard. Now, scratch that apprentice bit, because it appears the bard has done its time. At least according to Alphabet CEO Sundar Pichai, who penned a blog to announce its arrival. So, what is bard? Well, we'll cut the jargon here. It's an experimental conversational AI service, aka chatbot, built on Google's very own language model for dialogue application, or Lambda. Remember the whole fuss about it being sentient? That one. Now, unlike ChatGPT, which you have surely experimented with or used for your homework or assignment, Google isn't making Bard available to the general public, opting for a limited rollout to what the company calls trusted testers. But in the coming weeks, to quote Pichai, Bard will be here and unsurprisingly on Google search. Shots fired, you think? Maybe. But let's talk timing. Google announced Bard just as Satya Nadella's Microsoft was prepping its own big announcements, an integration of ChatGPT into its search engine Bing. And now, both companies are holding their respective events a day apart that could potentially signal the start of a duel that could redefine search as we know it today. If you are still with us, we'd like to throw some more chatbots into the mix. Quora, the platform where you quite literally ask questions and seek answers, has thrown its hat into the mix with a chatbot aggregator of sorts. It's called Po or Platform for Open Exploration, according to TechCrunch. So hell, what does it do? Well, it allows users to ask questions and receive responses from a variety of chatbots. This includes the ones developed by OpenAI and others such as Anthropic. If you're wondering what Anthropic is, well, Google just dropped $300 million into this company last week for cloud services. We know what that means. And then the fourth horseman of the current AI chatbot apocalypse comes from China, where its search giant Baidu has announced its generative AI chatbot Wenxing Yian or Ernie Bot. Baidu is hoping to integrate Ernie to its search engine after internal testing in March. Ernie, by the way, stands for Enhanced Representation Through Knowledge Integration. And this is something Baidu developed in 2019. Well, what does it do? Something very similar to OpenAI, though the company claims that its learning model has more parameters than ChatGPT. While we still find out more about Ernie and Baidu's ambitions, it has done well for the stock, a 15% bump since the company announced its AI plans. In case you forget, we're just in February and the AI arms race is just heating up. On that note, we'll give these chatbots a break and get cracking with something rather interesting. And just FYI, this script was written and edited by a human. For the next few minutes, you are going to know a little more than you read yesterday from the world of technology, business, policy, and anything that leaves you with food for thought. Hello, I'm Farheen Khan, and this is the Deep Dive for 8th February 2023. India is suddenly rediscovering millets, although it's been around the entire time. 
I'm talking about bajra, jowar, ragi, you know, all those coarse grains that used to feature heavily on Indian plates before polished rice and wheat replaced them to become the staple food of the country. You know, it's like the time when the Indian gooseberry or amla became all the rage in Hollywood after Kim Kardashian rediscovered it. Now, India has been pushing hard to bring millets back to the fore. Some believe them to be super grains or nutri cereals. And I mean, do they have high nutritional value? For sure. But this push has a lot to do with food security. I'll talk more about why millets are in a vogue in a few minutes. But if you watched this year's budget speech, you must have noticed that the government is really trying to promote domestic consumption of these cereals and also make India a millet hub. In fact, at India's proposition to bring these grains back to the dinner table, the UN declared 2023 as the International Year of Millets. And now, an ET report says that several Indian companies like Nestle, ITC, Britannia, HUL, Tata Consumer, Bira 91 and Slurp Farm are all looking to include millet-based products in their food catalogs. Think Bajra Pale Ale or Ragi Ale. That's actually quite a famous seasonal drink in Bangalore, by the way. Or even millet khichdi, millet noodles and cookies. Irrespective of the challenges around sourcing and storing these grains, all these companies obviously want to reap the first mover advantage with consumers if they can help it. And look, honestly, I'm looking forward to this experimentation because it's going to be quite the overhaul of taste buds. But more importantly, there's a lot of culinary history attached to Indian millets, which makes this comeback of these nutri-rich grains rather interesting. Like I said, millets have been in the staple diet in India since ancient times. And I mean a whole variety of coarse grains, depending on the region. But by and by, they faded into the background. Partly because of the commercialization of agriculture in colonial India, which led to farmers producing more and more cash crops instead of food crops. The exploitation from the colonial period had left India dry even after independence. There were famines, low production and hunger crisis to deal with. And it looked like the Green Revolution was the silver bullet. High-yielding varieties of rice and wheat were introduced to increase food production and alley the hunger problem. But as the production of wheat and rice doubled, thanks to government's initiatives, a lot of indigenous grains were left behind. In fact, as per government data, millets apparently made around 40% of all cultivated grains before the Green Revolution. A foreign policy report also says, around the 1960s, the per capita consumption of millets fell by almost 90%, from 33 kgs per year to just 4 kgs. At the same time, wheat consumption almost doubled from 27 to 52 kgs. But we know that these genetic variants of rice and wheat also come with caveats. They are water guzzlers, they need a lot of pesticides, so a lot of experts are asking, is it even worth it? And that's what brings us to the comeback of the hardy millets. They are naturally pest-resistant, they don't hog water, and most importantly, they are climate resilient. And at the time when climate change and geopolitical conflicts are impacting food production, there is sense in focusing on low-maintenance grains for food security. Yet, there will be challenges on the way in terms of finding good quality seed and storage issues since millets have lower shelf life. There are also inconsistencies in demand and supply right now owing to the general lack of awareness. But both the centre and the state governments seem ready to face the hurdles. If you like listening to The Signal Daily, please show us some support. 
Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this podcast. So feel free to shoot an email at hello at thesignal.co. The Signal Daily is produced in association with IBM. The episode was written, researched and produced by Kushal Banerjee and Manaswini, edited by Venkatanand, mastered and mixed by Prasenjit Das. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are the signal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter.